Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of Clone Wars Commentary. I am your host Cheyenne and I am joined today by Danny. Say hi Danny. Hi Danny. Yes. <laughs> yes, I love that. Okay. <laughs> it's so it's so dumb that I love that, but I love it so much. Um we are talking about we have moved into season three. So if you guys have missed season three episodes one through four. Those episodes are posted. Feel free to go listen. I think both of those are in sets of arcs. Um, Grace was on one. Maybe Brody was on one. I don't know. Um, <laughs> my life is chaotic right now, so forgive me. But Danny's yeah, on this one. Awesome. So we're going to talk episodes five and six of season three. Um, this is a little, another mini Mandalorian arc, which we love. We all love that. Oh, absolutely. Um, this first one, so episode five, is called Corruption. Mm. yeah we're hitting on some like the episodes themselves are very like surface level like fun and interesting and full of information even on the surface level but like the deeper meanings are chef's kiss oh yes you know it's it's like it doesn't have anything to do with what's going on in the world today yeah never Never, never relevant at all. Um, so the fortune cookie for this episode is the challenge of hope is to overcome corruption. So <clears throat> when I thought about this in hindsight, thinking about the fact that uh, like hope is the goal of everyone, not just like in a rebellion sense, but like if you maintain hope, like I maintain hope that I will become a screenwriter. That's, I mean, plain and simple, you know? Like, hope is a very, again, surface level and deep thing. Um, but the challenge of hope, so when I thought about, like, the choice of words that they used, is to overcome corruption. Um, when you think of it in a societal meaning, I guess is the right word for that, um, it's so true because you can choose to stand to the side or you can choose to stand up when it comes to overcoming corruption. Um, and that really determines, like, your level of hope for the whole situation, you know? Oh, yeah. Do you have thoughts? It, yeah, it made me think when I read it um, along those lines, the same, I'm with you on that. Um, it also kind of made me think of corruption as distrust. Mm. Because you, you always hope to see the best in people and hope that the people will do the right thing until proven wrong mm -hmm. um and that could be a kind of a cynical way of looking at it no i agree <laughs> <laughs> got some stuff going on but anyways yeah for real <laughs> uh, but no i it's just kind of um to me it, it it's that distrust and it, you we see through this episode um you put this trust in people that are supposed to care for you and people that are supposed to look after your best interests and things like that, only to find that they're looking after theirs. Um, and really not caring who they hurt along the way. Uh, so I, I think that hope hope can be stronger, mm -hmm. but I definitely agree with the fortune cookie. Yeah. Yeah, it is a big challenge for sure. Um, <clears throat> gosh, I have been clearing my throat non-stop lately so i apologize ahead of time to both listeners and you <laughs> um so this episode um we're just gonna jump right in padme is making a visit to the diplomatic city of mandalore um so and she's also there on duty technically um <clears throat> it says it's a domed capital city on the planet of Mandalore. The city was situated in the deserts of Mandalore and enclosed by a biodome that allowed it to exist on the harsh planet. When I tell you <laughs> that it never registered with me that that's what it was, like, I, it never registered with me that the city itself was inside the dome. I was just like, oh, it... Like, I just thought, like, we're on Mandalore, this is it. You know, I didn't think about Mandalore's, Mandalore itself being a desert planet that's just... It's a lot of control <laughs> your surroundings for me uh, with Mandalore, because it's like, you're in the domes, and it's beautiful, and it's a technological advancement, and it, I mean, it, it's absolutely amazing, 
but you see on the outside of the domes what they've had to overcome or had to adapt to rather in yeah. order to be able to have what they have because yeah. they've jacked up their planet to the max to where it's just like now you've got bubbles everywhere and that's how you live is bubbles. that's literally what i'm wondering too i'm like imagine what this planet was like before the wars yeah like because look at what they can create in these tiny domes uh-huh. and like how small are the domes in perspective of the planet i haven't even looked up that the, that prob that information of like dome scale to planet scale is probably somewhere, and that is what I love and hate about Star Wars fans. And, and right beside is it right beside it it says Cheyenne ass. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They'll be like, we didn't actually think of this. This one annoying person thought of it. Which again, love and hate about Star Wars fans. I am one of those fans. that's like I wonder what that scale is. So somebody out there probably has answered it. Um, so it says during the rain. Of the pacifist New Mandalorian government led by Duchess Satine, the city was the site of multiple attacks by the splinter faction known as Death Watch, which we don't technically see in this episode, but we do hear about them. Um, and then there's more information that I don't want to use as spoilers. But that's the, the city of Sundari, um, which is the capital city of Mandalore. Um, in this episode, like we said, Padme is visiting. Um, Padme and Satine in the same room is just all-powerful. Oh, so much power. That was the exact <laughs> word I was thinking when you started talking about it. It's just power commands yeah. the room. Yeah, and both of them sitting there in that little meeting that was going on, and Padme's just like, these people are so mad. Like, what do I do? Like, can I can I stand up and say something? And Satine was like, sure. And I, like, to put them in a room and allow them to, like, plot and plan and create would be amazing. Oh, absolutely. And I wonder... I would love to see that. Yeah. What do you think... Let's talk some theories. So if if Satine and Padme could get together to plan something, uh, let's say... I was going to say something like a birthday party, and I was like, that's dumb. (laughs) Don't say that. So let's... Mandalorian birthday day. Yeah. Uh, Let's let's say a... um, I can't think of the right word, but basically, like, a stand-up in front of the Senate. What do you think their planning things would look like? I think... I think it would be a lot like what uh, Padme chastised Anakin for in Attack of the Clones, Mm -hmm. where he was like, there would be a group of uh, people who tell people what to do, so there wouldn't be any arguing. (laughs) In all honesty, if it was literally left up to those two women... That's what would happen is that they would both come down to, you know, you're right. I know I'm right. <laughs> Just constantly. <laughs> and then yeah. on top of that, it would, it would either be that and they were always in agreement mm-hmm. or the next Mandalorian Republic War would happen because of them. Yeah. Oh, my <laughs> God. That even, even that one moment where she was just like, uh, she threatened the uh, customs official and everything. Where she, I mean, she was about oh ready to jack him Oh, my God. Yeah. And they were like, Satine. Yeah. Chill. I got this. Yeah. (laughs) And also, like, yeah, that, that whole section, I know we're jumping ahead a little, but, like, that whole section where we get to see uh, Padme, uh, like, kind of just interact with some war strategy and, uh, or I guess battle strategy, I should say. Smaller setting. Um, And Satine, like, just handling them with her words. Pass so much power. Okay. <laughs> it's amazing. They're the real power couple of Star Wars. Honestly, yeah. Oh. Wow. Okay. Uh, so Satine is faced with greed in her city. I'd just really be jumping right back in, you know? Um, we also get, like, clips. So during the announcement, the announcer at the beginning, um, we also get a clip of Satine face-to-face with Palpatine, like, in the Senate floor. That's not like a hologram. So we know that she's been there before to have a meeting. She wouldn't, would she have to appeal to Palpatine to get Padme to be able to come to Mandalore if they're neutral? You know, she could just ask her there as a friend and as a senator. I think that's what she did was she asked her as a a friend, basically a friend, uh, an ally, I would Uh, say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. um, Of Mandalore. Because, I mean, technically, they get into it, I think, in later episodes too with Mandalore where... The Jedi can't really help. Yeah. So that's why Obi-Wan goes. Yeah. <laughs> excuses, excuses, but... <laughs> um, 
I think that's the loopholes they kind of play with and everything. And I mean, in all honesty, I think Padme's looked at as more of uh, an ambassador anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, a senator, but also an ambassador where she goes to try to keep those relations. Because, I mean, just because they're neutral, yeah. it would be absolutely unwise and stupid to just kick them out. I mean, like, yeah, like, think about her, like, uh, when she was a queen. Like, having all of these allies and friends, like, she doesn't... I mean, she has to know what the Senate is doing and going there, and we saw that. But, like, mm-hmm. imagine having Mandalore on your side, and somebody comes and attacks Naboo, and she could just be like, hey... Mm-hmm. come help please and then now it's Satine who is practically the same person who knows that war is inevitable but will do all things to avoid it yeah peacefully and so I think so would Padme I feel like Padme does up until she has no other options you know mm-hmm. she's like yeah I can fight and I will win but I'm not gonna do that first <laughs> Satine is the physical embodiment of all of the aggression in Padme, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a really good way of putting it. Even though Padme was like, Satine, calm down. Like, you know Padme wanted to. Yeah, She's oh, like, for I, sure. I want to deck him. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's not my place, he's not mine, I can't, I can't do it. Right. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I just really, like, when I saw that, I was like, why would she even be there? So I wanted to ask you that. Um, we do find out that they, so Padme's there so that they can, she, like, attends this little diplomatic meeting um, do we, I didn't even think about this and pay attention to the words they used, but were those diplomats, like, heads of families or, like, leaders throughout the city? I think it was kind of like a, I don't know, to me, it can, they kind of seemed like a city council kind of thing. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, kind of the governors of the world? Okay. <laughs> they govern strange, domes, but... maybe? Yeah. Each they dome. They all little, like, sectors or whatever. Because, like, they make mention at one point that one of them was convening with the Trade Federation. So. It's always the Trade Federation. I literally wrote it in my notes. I was like, I bet this is the Trade Federation's fault. <laughs> it's always their fault. There's nothing it that's is. not their fault. I hate them. <laughs> They're slimy. They're everywhere. <laughs> They're everywhere. Um, so, speaking of which, she's like, we literally need to open trade routes. Help us. And yep. that also seems to be the the theme of season three, uh, because this is not the first episode that I've had them talking about trade routes. So again, Trade Federation is the problem. Well, I know there's more to who, that, but... <laughs> and who really runs the Trade Federation behind the scenes? Exactly. And I'm just like, listen... See- so you literally have Palpatine trying to starve a planet. Yeah, it's annoying. It is <laughs> annoying is not the right word, but it's what came out. So, <laughs> like, well, ugh. anyways. Yep. <laughs> um, it's even more annoying that it's you can always tell when I'm about to go into a tangent because I go anyways and then I go anyways. <laughs> like I follow but it this up. One thing. I follow it up with a deep breath and I go and another thing. <laughs> Um, One more thing. Yeah. Um, So I'll skip the tangent. We will talk about the Mandalorian welcome. Um, It's apparently a tradition, and I want to know for what. There's confetti everywhere. It looks like snow, but it's not. And huh? It makes the end of episode one look like a a kid's birthday party. Oh my god! Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It does. Absolutely. It was so fun and like. Sprightly is not the word that I would normally use, but it's what came to mind. But, like, it made me, and it was, like, a combination of the music and the vibe that I was getting of how they were going through the rows of people. But, Mm -hmm. like, it was very, like, Hunger Games-esque without the inevitable death at the end. Um, But I was just like, this is cool. I love this. And also, the... The way that Padme and Satine, like, talk to each other, and she's like, this is, a like, a Mandalorian welcome, and she's like, I don't even know what she says, but basically they're, like, talking to each other in this way that, like, you deserve nothing less, and, like, it's a tradition, we are a people of tradition, and it's like, she is so proud of her people, but, like, what really was the point of that kind of welcome, you know? Like, what what is that tradition of that kind of welcome. Do you know? I don't know. Well, I, I, I don't directly know, but 
just kind of context clues with the Mandalorians. I mean, they're even though they've moved to pacifism, they're a warrior culture, and mm-hmm. typically those kind of cultures kind of have their grandstanding and everything. This is the uh, the warriors welcome and everything. Like, I mean, you don't think of a warrior's <clears throat> welcome home as something little tiny and oh hey good job welcome home or whatever it's always a big celebration and everything and so they're a very proud culture so i mean i could definitely see them being like hey look at this thing we built that is <laughs> totally to our fair. city that we're super proud of yeah and everything that's that's how i always took it because they, they're a very very proud culture yeah, no, I love that. I love that. I don't, sometimes when I'm thinking about these questions, I think of the question and I try not to think of the answer because I'm like, that's what makes great conversation. If I don't know it, that <laughs> helps somebody else learn it, helps me learn it, and then maybe gives me an idea off the top of my head. Sorry, someone drove by with a lot of bass and I was like, and I was trying not to react out loud because I was like, oh, we're recording. Okay. <laughs> Everyone gets a little insight into my life. It was just when you were like off the top of my head. And you were like, you were gone. And I was like, what just happened? Oh no. This is a complete space out of the I mean, yeah, story of my life, honestly. So... I do that more times than I care to admit. Yeah, man. Oh, God. It's so funny. I'm so sorry. Um. So the, the next interaction that we get is um, the oddly shaped ship flying in, um, and it spider is, legs. Sp- yeah, weird spider legs pop out of it. What species is that? Do we know? Uh, snake people? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. They, I meant to look it up and then I didn't know how to look it up. So I just didn't, <laughs> but, um, those weird, that weird species, um, <clears throat> comes off of there and you can already tell that they're all sketchy. And then they say, he's like, here comes the customs agent. Um, and the customs agent is also a little skeevy. Um, and he, like, you can already tell that he's not a good guy when he comes up to them. And yet he presents verbally as a good guy, which I feel like is, it's one of those things that obviously like we as adults could pick up on. Um, but like it is, it was very interesting to me how, and I think I also like have started to gain a new appreciation because of my screenwriting class, like understanding character and how it's portrayed. Um, but like he very much was, uh, like, what are you doing here? Like you aren't on my list and there would normally be a ton of these, officers here and then his voice starts to kind of change instead of being like defensive and aware of protecting his platform he starts talking about how this parade is annoying like you can hear that it's annoying in his voice and that there's some somebody important here but then you also find out from the weird snake people that they already knew that they might not have known it was padme but they definitely had an insight into everybody's gonna be busy this is when you deliver um, yep. we will learn who says that, who probably told them that later, at least based on my inference. We don't know for sure, because there are so many people that could have told them that, which is annoying, and the basis of corruption. Okay, people. They're, they're called the Mugen. That is not what I would have called the Mugen. <laughs> I, I, I literally, I, I put, the, what are the snake people in Star Wars Clone Wars? <laughs> Did you know that there are three types of snake people? <laughs> what, are the other, what are the other two? You have uh, the, the Cispian and Anacondon, which is pretty much on the nose. Uh, An- Anacondon, um, do you remember the snake that discovers uh, Maul in the trash planet? No, but yes. <laughs> You'll get to it, but anyways. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember it, but I do remember it. Not an Anaconda, an Anaconda. Mm trippy <laughs> um really just the creative spark going on <laughs> um i say that as if i have any inkling of creative spark to do something like that you know um so he says at the end of this conversation the uh skeevy customs agent says deal with me directly from now on or whatever 
loser. Um, <laughs> so we fade to the meeting that we were talking about before, um, where they're all like quote unquote diplomats. So maybe they're like governors of their domes or whatever they may be. Um, and they are literally discussing after we see this like black market introduction, they're literally discussing black market corruption trades that they've had to make because that's the way that they're surviving right now. Um, yeah. And I, this is where I wrote, it's the Trade Federation's fault. <laughs> and then they also... Out of hand. <laughs> yeah. And then she, like, tells Padme, like, yeah, you can speak up, like, and Padme's like, maybe they'll listen to somebody from the outside. And she does that, but through that, they let her speak for, like, a moment, and then they all start to kind of stand up and get defensive. And then they say, uh, well, the Republic deals with the black market, too. And I want to, A, know how they know that. I want to, B, know if Padme knew that. Because she didn't necessarily say, nuh you know? <laughs> she just was trying to, like, calm him down and be like, but we're talking about y'all. <laughs> right. You know? But, so, like... Well, I'm just a guest. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to keep peace. Y'all keep yelling at each other. And... Uh, I did wonder if when they started like pointing fingers and stuff with the Republic deals with the black market, um, I wonder if they may have uh, either A, been referencing the Kaminoans with the clone army, because mm -hmm. they're not exactly a uh, main source of anything. Yeah. <laughs> Cloning's a little frowned upon. Yeah. Um, a and, weird. <laughs> or if maybe they're just mentioning like individual planets. So it's like. like True like you or me or a representative of Kessel Run Weekly, mm -hmm. like whatever senator in X planet or whatever is dealing with it. So the Republic is dealing with it. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah. So I wonder if it's like a, let's group them into one thing. Cause I heard someone down the street was doing the same thing. True. Yeah. 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 Like a planet that just identifies with it. That would mm -hmm. also make sense. Or it's just Palpatine. <laughs> or it's just Palpatine and he'd just be dealing in the black market and they're just like ignoring it. Um, Probably. Or they don't know about it and they think they got it from a resourceful place and it's not. Um, yep. So then they get all mad about the hypocrisy of the Republic. Uh, which like, I mean, yeah. <laughs> um, and then they say, this is something I probably should have looked up first, I'm sorry. The corporate alliance controls everything. And when I... <laughs> Here's, here's how my brain works. I need to, I'm just going to bring y'all in for a minute. Bring you into my head. So when I hear the word corporate, I don't always hear the word corporation. I don't know why it doesn't compute all the time for whatever reason. So I'm always like, what does corporate mean? I hate myself. Thank you. I'm a college graduate, I swear. So sometimes I'm like, corporate corporate alliance like what would that even be and then i thought about <laughs> alec the uh oh god let's let's look at this there it is i was trying to find the acronym meaning um bringing some some real world in here for y'all there's something called the american legislative exchange council which is oh uh, yeah what i believe to be the corporate alliance of Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> relevant, I, relevant. Yeah, I don't know for sure, but that is what my brain went to when I read the words corporate alliance. I was like, oh, wait, we got one of those. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and they do. Uh, see, I would, that's what I was thinking. Kind of maybe like the Trade Federation, the banking clan, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah I was about to say, I don't know exact members of the corporate alliance. The Union, I think, is another one. Look it up right now, corporate alliance. <laughs> so I always, I always remember them by their like their heads of each corporation. Yeah, no, that makes total sense. A conglomerate active during the final years of the Galactic Republic, headquartered on Mercana, M-U-R-K-H-A-N-A. Okay. What? <laughs> Who? <laughs> Who is this? We don't know her. Uh, Mercana. My computer is geeking out. Was a planet in the Outer Rim known for its natural beauty. It's a major tourist attraction in the last years of the Republic era. A tourist attraction? Um, came a major separatist bastion. Consequently, much of its environment was destroyed by a Republic orbital bombardment. By the Imperial era, Morcana... 
<laughs> yeah. Morgana was an impoverished, polluted world, crippled by imperial sanctions and a ruined environment. The planet was also a crime haven that was dominated by smugglers and crime lords, such as the Sugivasa. <laughs> I will never pretend to know how to say these words. Oh, in 14 years before the Battle of Yavin, the insurgent leader Birch Teller stole... Moff Tarkin's Corvette, whilst the latter, along with Darth Vader, were investigating a communications cast in Mercada City. That was a very long paragraph. <laughs> if you guys ever want more information that I don't read in one breath of a paragraph, you can go to Wikipedia. <laughs> That's where I get all of my facts. <laughs> there you go. Um, so if Corporate and Corporate alliance controls everything. That's how we end the meeting. Great. <laughs> so the team gets really annoyed that they're heated. Um, and then we start to kind of get to... I would I would call this the meat of the episode. While the, that is like the, the theme of the episode. Is the, the corruption of the black market on Mandalore and their trade routes. Right? Um, so we find out that there's like a, a soda is what those people were bringing in like a liquid is what the, yeah. the Mugen were bringing in and uh they diluted it with Slabin so I bring to you your fun facts of Star Wars for this episode Slabin was a dilutant used to increase the volume of an otherwise pure substance um so normally non-toxic it could become harmful if an improper concentration was ingested leading to severe illness um, this actually leads us to the plot of this episode where the children are being poisoned and, uh, we see Satine and Padme go to the hospital, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, because they, they go because it's a brand new hospital and she was oh. trying to show it off, so, yeah. And then it's filled with sick children. Great. Yeah. This is how the hospital works. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and here is the proper protocol. <laughs> yeah, really. Um, and Prime Minister Almec... <sighs> Uh, thinks it's Death Watch. I would love, I want, Danny, I want you to take yourself and I want you to put your mind in Almec's mind and explain to me how he thinks Death Watch would do this. Because he's a slimy politician. But <laughs> some blame. That's what it is. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's so annoying. I'm literally like, how? It's the easy way. Yeah. It's literally like, I'm. It's, it's like what you see in the real world today where you have group blaming group because they don't like my interests of this and, da, 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 and we, we're different, but I swear they're violent. and It's, it, it's literally the same stuff. It, and that's why I like Star Wars. It's like, I mean, yes, it's an escape, but at the same time, like you get kind of some real-world scenarios in some of these things. Um, and really what we're getting in this episode is just a skeevy politician trying to place blame elsewhere, mm. knowing full well he has a hand in it. Mm-hmm. So annoying. I, and I keep saying, I keep using the word annoying, and it's obviously not the right word for it, but, like, <laughs> it, it is annoying that it keeps happening, <laughs> and it seems like, and actually, you know, this is very real world, too. It seems that it's annoying that it keeps happening, and people are doing the most to go up against it and it's still happening you know if it's not happening right in front of you it's happening right behind you and you're you can't fix one without the other but you're trying to fix one because you can't see the other one you know what i'm saying like it's a it's a vicious cycle that is nearly impossible to stop unless there's enough people to do so enough people and resources i feel like resources is really really like undershot in those conversations like mm -hmm. people forget that resources are a major part of anything you know in involving justice i would say um and then god more real world stuff we love it uh satine like puts it into words as like comparing he's like comparing terrorism versus like children are dying mm -hmm. and it's like we can worry about terrorism later you're our literally children. serving your political platform right now while yeah. there are children poisoned in a hospital yeah. fighting for their lives. Yes, yeah. exactly. Wow, we are dropping <laughs> knowledge, okay? 
We're dropping it. We're not even saying it, but we are dropping <laughs> it. Okay. I, I know y'all can't see me, but Danny's probably laughing because I'm crazy. Um, it's wonderful. So this is Passionate. yes, that yes, I love that. Um, this is not. I don't want to say the greatest, uh, or I, mean, I don't want to say the worst character like spotlight that I've ever done, but there's nothing about him on here. But I, that's part of the reason I want to do it, because if there's somebody out there that wants to write a story about this man, then let it be. Uh, his name is Sadiq. He was a male human who worked as an importer at a shipping company in Sundari um, on Mandalore, and he got involved with the Mugen smuggling ring um, that was delivering those supplies, and he bribed the superintendent to take this new beverage to the school, um, and he totally admits it. He's chilling, feet up on the desk, and is like, yeah, what are you talking about? Of course I did it. Which is interesting. And he says that his corporate connections gave him immunity from prosecution and supplied them with information about the smugglers' timetables and port of call. <laughs> so, interesting concept here. Uh, I, reading that versus, like, I saw it, and I, sometimes when I'm pay, half paying attention to these, I get the information, but not in the words that are coming out, you know, in the description. Reading the description really just makes you think. Kids are never going to pick up on that. They're going to no, be like, no, he's a loser. He's picking the side of people that are going to give him immunity. Uh-huh. Or some kid might be like, oh, I could just pick the side that's going to keep me safe. So that's the thing, is that it, com- it literally comes down to, again, of... Oh, what can they hide behind? Like, he, he doesn't care that there are kids getting sick. He's like, oh, okay. I mean, what's that got to do with me? I don't have to answer for it, so I just sit back and take the profits, which yeah. is scary, like today. So Yeah. Yeah, we really, we really just reading it to you. We're reading history books right now. Um, I promise we're talking about the Clone Wars. Yeah, we're just talking about Star Wars. I don't know what you guys are talking about. Um, so they move in, they move in to, uh, attack, not attack, expose, expose the, uh, black market situation and figure out like why, um, the kids are getting poisoned from this drink that was at the school. Um, the guards attack them. They like go to it and she's, I mean, it's Satine, you know, it's Satine Padme, uh, her personal guards. And that guy, right? Is it not Sadiq that goes with him? He's like the head of police, I think. Yeah, like a captain. Um, And she's like, well, you need to open this. And like, do you know who I am? And then they just attack her. A little bold. Imposters. Yeah, really. (laughs) Uh, And this is when I was talking about earlier, like the little mini battle. I, this is one of my favorite things about Star Wars, is like the war strategization of it all i really love that part of it like not necessarily the talking about it but like seeing it executed so like seeing them like put up a barrier and walk move forward that was it's such a small maneuver but it's so cool and it makes all the difference and padme not a warrior literally just going with it gets behind the wall starts shooting amazing she's seen her share of battle yeah she's such a queen um, and then he even says it, impressive shooting for a senator, which, like, no, impressive shooting in general, but okay. <laughs> don't, okay. Don't discount me. <laughs> yeah. Fight me. Impressive shooting? You, huh? Yeah? <laughs> um, and then she tells him to burn the warehouse. Why, why do you think she did that? Satine, I mean. Uh, I think that it was more so that she didn't know how deep the corruption ran. So had she had left it behind to have evidence collected or something like that, one may be able to try to reproduce said thing. Ooh, good one. So, because immediately the cop was like, wait, no, don't do that. That's evidence. Mm-hmm. We need to figure out who did it. She's like, mm, mm-hmm. I don't know how deep this runs. So we're just going to go ahead and uh, torch it. Yeah. And uh, we'll, we'll pick up the pieces. Yeah. <laughs> no, I love that. I had I didn't even think about it. I was just like, I wonder what he thinks that she did that for. Because I, uh, 
she just wanted to get rid of it. I thought I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> Send a message. <laughs> yeah, be like, you can't get away with it here. Bye. Yeah. Uh, it, it seemed like to me that it was more of a keep it out of the wrong hands, and she didn't know whose hands were wrong. So yeah, and I mean, you know, that's Let's the biggest thing too about like all of our our cool characters in Star Wars is like there's always an underlying motivation, you know, mm-hmm. whether that's good or bad or informed or uninformed. Like she made the best decision not only for herself but her area. So. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just, like, one little fun thing that I want to leave us with as, from episode five is they, I think they speak of Obi-Wan at least twice in this episode, and I feel like there's some sort of unspoken acknowledgement. Maybe it's just the way that they animated their faces, which obviously that's the point, but there's definitely some form of unspoken acknowledgement that they're both involved with Jedi and they're not supposed to be. (laughs) They both have that guilty look in their eyes. Yeah. Yeah, and they like they like they like squint a little when they talk about it. Right. So like, she mentioned Anakin, and she's kind of like, "Do you know? You know? You know?" Yeah, you it's know. like that trend on TikTok where they're like, "Are you?" Yeah, I'm. <laughs> it's like, oh my god. Yeah, literally. Um, that was it for episode five. Do you have any last thoughts before we move into episode six? I, I really like this storyline. Me too. I like both of these a lot, and, like, I like how they're semi-connected just by, uh, like, uh, dialogue. It's not really by story itself, um, but it is relevant in, like, theme and dialogue. Like, they bring up the interactions that have happened before on Mandalorian, including in Episode 5, and then also the lesson of corruption continues. So, I love that. And I like I like that it happens in two episodes because I feel like... In one, yes, it gets the message across, but, like, having it two to three episodes, it really, like, solidifies that it's not just a situation that happens, mm-hmm. you know? It's it's a system of things. I um, love that about Clone Wars. It, it doesn't ever seem to glance over its stories that it tries to tell. It, it's literally, yeah. we'll, we'll take the time, and we're just going to go ahead and tell that story, and, and that care and timing that they take with it, mm-hmm. I think, is, is special. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, before we move on to episode six, I want to show you something that Summer got me. Oh, cool! For all of our listeners, it's a little postcard um, from the Wonderground Gallery, which is a, like a Disney place, um, or I guess a Disney art place. But she bought me um, this little postcard of different iconic female costumes, and it's really cute. It's by I think the, the signature says Anne Shen, or Anne Shen. Okay. I don't know. Um, it's really cute, but I wanted to show it to Dan. <laughs> Maybe we can post it on Instagram or something. Um, I see your girl Kira in there. Yeah. It's cute. <laughs> I love it. It's really awesome. I can't wait to frame it. Um, so anyways, <laughs> tangent over. Um, episode six is called The Academy. And the quote for this one is, Those who enforce the law <clears throat> must obey the law. I inserted the cough. <laughs> I'm going to repeat it closer to the mic. Those who enforce the law must obey the law. <coughs> Anyways. Yep. Um, Star Wars for you. Yeah, Star Wars really said. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, so, this one, for me, I mean, the fortune cookie is very obvious. Uh, we, I'm going to go ahead and, like, drop some notes real quick uh for people we are planning something really cool where we are going to talk about uh like star wars politics and government and history um grace is our local expert historian um on things in the real world and things in star wars which is really cool to me yeah i (laughs) me and history in school were not friends i don't remember a thing and like I'm not exaggerating at all. And so, like, while I'm currently relearning a lot of history, um, I guess, uh, actually, I'm not just relearning history, I'm learning parts of history that were never taught to me right now. Um, And I think that's really important to share. So Grace and Danny and I, um, amongst other guests that I'm sure we will have on in those moments, 
are going to teach ourselves lots of cool things and then bring all of that information forward to you guys. And I feel like this episode is a really good one for us to reference back to. Um, it's like short, these 25 minute things of Clone Wars really just drop some knowledge on you, you know? Um, and I think just this quote is relevant not only to now, but just like in life and throughout. Um, it could it as something as simple as me at work saying please like don't lick the wall <laughs> that's a very bad example but the, i saw a child do that once so don't do that please don't do that yeah and it's like i i tell you not to lick the wall so i also don't lick the wall you know it's a very bad example and i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> but you're welcome also you're not gonna forget funny. your example <laughs> exactly exactly you know the simpler it is the easier it is to remember so don't like walls y'all uh and obey the laws that you make um let's move into the story shall we <laughs> um so anakin and ahsoka are on their way to mandalore and when i tell you anytime i see those two on screen i get warm and fuzzy, and then I get real sad, and then I get warm and fuzzy again. Yep. And that is what Star Wars is about, man. I I don't know how I will ever write a story, and I plan to, but I don't know how I will yet, <laughs> write a story where think someone can think of my character and they start to cry like me right now my eyes are red <laughs> um that is so cool and like it's a character that started in a costume on a movie screen in 1977 and now has so much content based behind them and characters connected to them that we care about so much uh -huh. wow okay uh so they're going to Mandalore. <laughs> Um, and it's kind of like a follow-up visit, but also, like, has a mission of its own. Um, and the only reason we can, like, kind of infer that it's even a follow-up visit is he brings up the fact that, like, Padme was saying something to him about it. Like, about her visit there. Um, I don't remember what she said, what he says exactly about it. But, um, and then they're going there to train leaders and peacekeepers. Um, future leaders and peacekeepers. So kind of like school, regular school. Um... And when they get BLA. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, when they get there, they do find out that Anakin actually isn't staying. He's going to fight with uh, General Fisto. So I want to know what battle that is because we only get one episode or maybe an arc of them in a battle together, um, which I don't remember the name of, but I love that. Uh, Kit uh, I know that uh, Kit has the uh, Layer of Grievous. Uh, oh, that's true. He does have that one. Anakin's uh, not in that one, though, is he? Uh, I don't think so. Yeah. Maybe it's when they actually go and uh, fight on. Um, uh, they be swimming. I don't know. The Akbar's planet. Moncala. Moncala. It's the name yeah. of my island. <laughs> Gotta remember that. <laughs> um, I'll do better next time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So, yeah, they, that that was one of my favorite episodes, mostly because I love Kit Fisto. One of my, my he's my favorite non-mainstream Jedi is Kit Fisto. Um, I love Kit. I, I got to meet that voice actor, too. What? Yeah, I got to meet uh, uh, I, Phil Lamar. I almost That's forgot his amazing. name, yeah. Phil Lamar, he signed my uh, Kit Fisto pop. Uh, it's right behind me somewhere, right there. That's amazing. Actually, yeah, he's really, really nice. I want really a Kit cool. Fisto pop. Where do you get that? <laughs> uh, that one was at Walgreens. They what? Anymore, <laughs> God. It was a long time ago. You know, I have Christmas Chewy and Chewy holding the pork. That's it. There you go. Nobody else. <laughs> uh, well, no, I have a Baby Yoda because my friend got me one. Nice. Um, that Baby Yoda's like up there somewhere. Yeah, I, he. have you seen the big ones? The big bobblehead Baby Yodas? Oh my yeah. god! Yeah. It's huge. A friend of mine texted me and uh, said he had found some, I think, at Target or something. That's amazing. I planned on only getting Chewbacca's. So, like, those two, and then, like, a regular Chewy, and then, like, Chewy and the ATST, and then I would leave it at that. I was like, four Funkos. Great. Yeah. Wonderful. No more. And now <laughs> I'm just like, but what if I get droids? 
once you pop, the fun don't stop. Yeah, I just, and now I want to get fist on one. You know, most yeah. of the reason that I don't get them is because they're creepy. Some of them are. Their little but eyes. The, yeah. I like <laughs> Some it. Some of them are. Chewies are fine. Yeah. That's why I got him, you know? <laughs> All right. I'm just wasting time. So, <laughs> Ahsoka stays, and um, at this point, Anakin does know about Obi-Wan and Satine. We've already seen those episodes. Uh, and then they talk about, like, Obi-Wan was here. And they're like, Master, Obi-Wan caused trouble? That's different, or whatever she says. <laughs> um, but then she also gives up her lightsaber kind of in that same motion of things. Um Anakin leaves to go join Kit Fisto, and then we learn what Ahsoka is teaching to the future leaders and peacekeepers, and she talks about corruption. Um, she does, let's actually, let's, let's do the same thing that she does. Um, so in this we will highlight three main characters, um, normally we would just do one, but there's three important people, um, kind of involved in not just the storyline, but like, the information that we learn in all of this. What is going on with my computer? Um, but Danny, I would like your thoughts on this, this little sentence that I wrote. Um, so corruption definition and what she really just kind of tells them. Um, she doesn't say it like this because I'm sure they didn't just Google corruption and they translated it for Star Wars. But this is dishonest or fraudulent conduct by those in power, typically involving bribery also known as the process by which something, typically a word or expression, is changed from its original use, um, or things can be debased. So, two different um, kind of variations, but the first one is what we're talking about. Dishonest, fraudulent conduct by those in power. Um, and then she talks about how corruption is a result of greed, um, or sacrificing your moral integrity. So those are all really great points. Danny, I would... We're going to play, like, a mind game. <laughs> um, I would love for you to try and think of three... This might be easier. It might be easier hard. I don't know. Um, three moments in... Let's just do all of Star Wars. I'll make it easy. Three moments in all of Star Wars that are very obviously corruption moments. And go. <laughs> um... When Moff Tarkin uh, takes Krennic's plans for the Death Star, <laughs> he's like, "I will be taking over the project we foreseen so long ago." Mm -hmm. um, that's one. Um, I would say in the Mandalorian, Moff Gideon, um, how he's now a oh. local warlord. Um, let's see. Corruption, corruption. I mean, Ben Solo is a version of corruption. Ooh. I would say. Yeah. No, I love I mean, that. He was he was very much led to led to where he was um, and manipulated. Yeah. So I guess not corrupted of his own accord, but kind of. Yeah. No, absolutely. So yeah. And I feel like. I just made this very weird spider web in my head of this, but like <laughs> Palpatine being the basis of corruption in all of Star Wars, you know? Mm -hmm. And then how that spider webs out into different areas of Star Wars and it's spider web directly into capturing Ben, you know? Into like, if we corrupt him, he will also then bring corruption onto this area. And he kind of does, you know? Not necessarily by bribery, um, but just like, excuse me, um, but just by when he's, like, in the meeting room, you know, and he's got, drops Bulio's head and is just talking at them about all of these things, but he's got his own agenda that he's following and basing that off of, you know, because he is now a corrupt individual who has been brought up by corruption, which, not his fault, <laughs> but... <laughs> But, I mean, we, we, we see him even as an example of how corruption can poison. And yeah. it continues to infect down the line. Because, I mean, mm -hmm. like you said, it started with Palpatine and what he did with the Galactic Cynic mm -hmm. and the Republic and everything to where it devolved into the Empire. And even then, 
corruption, greed ran rampant through the empire and everything. We see a lot of imperial officers um, and troopers exercising their I'm with the empire kind of attitude uh, to get what yeah. they want. Um, kind of constant, like, thug-like shakedowns, basically, mm-hmm. um, throughout the entire galaxy. Um, and then that even spills into the sequel trilogy with Ben Solo and, and all that. And, I mean, it got to a point where it was, I'm going I'm to straight up mind control you. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, Literally. It, it was like, well, now you don't have a choice. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> uh, but I mean, like, it literally, like, seeds of corruption everywhere just breeds that poison. And, I mean, we see literally two generations of Skywalkers that it affected. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that's our, like, our theme for this uh, episode, for episode six. It was before for episode five, um, but now it's more like just like blatant and in your face kind of conversation. Um, so these are the bios of our three main uh, kind of, and an- not antagonizers, they're kind of protagonists a little bit. Um, Ahsoka is obviously like who we would probably consider the main character, her and Satine. Um, these three just help move the story forward. Um, so we have Corky, Cries, maybe not how I say his last name, uh, Legos, yeah. and Amis, Amos, I don't know. <laughs> um, so Corky is kind of our quote-unquote most important, um, at least the most theorized about, I would say. Um, a Mandalorian human male was a cadet of the Royal Academy of Government, weird, um, on the planet Mandalore. Actually, you know, that makes sense. If they're trying not to be warriors and they're trying to just function as a society, that's kind of cool that they have that. That's like, here's how you become this politician and you do it properly. Um, during Clone Wars, a scion of House Cries, Corky was born into the Mandalorian political family of his aunt, Duchess Satine Cries, leader of the new Mandalorians. Um, I'm trying to make sure that I'm not going to give anything away. Corky endeavored to follow in his aunt's career as a leader for the next generation of Mandalore. Um, okay, that would give stuff away. Okay. <laughs> um, well, so, there's not much more you can say about Corky. Yeah, I, don't know, I was like, oh. Uh, he, I feel bad saying this, but none of these three necessarily stood out to me in any way. Um, like, up until you brought up that theory, which we'll talk about in a minute. Um, I was just like, they're just helping the story move forward, you know? They're just darn kids, for lack of exactly. a better word, you know? Um, so Lagos is a Mandalorian human female cadet, also of the Royal Academy of Government. Um, <clears throat> she is friends of Corky, friends with Corky. Um, and then I was trying to see if she had, like, a future that I can't find. Oh. Ooh, no. That'll give... St- well... I'm going to say this. So, in 19 years before the Battle of Yavin, the new Mandalorian government was overthrown and replaced by Death Watch, uh, consequently leading to the imprisonment of Duchess Satine. As a result, Lagos joined her friends in the plot to rescue her from the state from Maul's Mandalorian Super Commandos. So, we do probably, we do technically see her later. I didn't know it was her. So, (laughs) they obviously aren't just like, hey, this is that girl that you probably remember from this episode. You know? Right. I don't remember her at all in anything else. So that's cool. <laughs> um, I also think she... Well, is that a child? Sorry. <laughs> I was looking at Amos's picture and he looks like an adult. But she, in the episode, I think has some like cool like hair things that look like Satine's. If I remember correctly. Um, so then our last one is Amos. A-M-I-S. Um, a Mandalorian human male cadet of Royal Academy of Government on Mandalore during the Clone Wars. Um, so Corky and Lagos, they're like a little friend group, right? Uh, and he says at some point to Ahsoka, but I thought you said it was the duty of every citizen to expose corrupt officials. Um, and she responds, I'm only saying that you should take this slowly. So I'm going to read his part again. But I thought you said it was the duty of every citizen to expose corrupt officials. Mm. Uh-huh. <laughs> the duty of every citizen to hold your leaders accountable. Mm-hmm. 
So, I... Hmm. Not just on Mandalore. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, tap my mic. Listen. Because um, we're talking about Star Wars, right? Yeah, of course. Only. <laughs> Only ever. Uh, I don't really talk about anything else, you know? I know, right? <laughs> um, it's amazing to me to think about how politicians can get to a point and this is so palpatine when i think about it uh when i talk this slow you guys are literally just kind of hearing my gears turn um <laughs> i should add that sound effect um but <laughs> yeah. and then like steam uh so the fact that politicians can, like, get to this point of, um, you believe in me, so why would I steer you wrong? And that people that follow those politicians don't continue to think for themselves. Like, that to me is something so interesting because I think when, when politics came about and obviously like this is a very good topic to talk to grace about so if people have questions please don't ask me ask ask me and i'll pass it on to grace actually because i don't want you to bombard her but like people when politics politics was formed it's like politics is formed for you you know for you to tell us what you need us to do to take care of you and i mean just like ahsoka says like well, Ahsoka and Ames, like, you have to step up to them when you need to. Like, when you need to stand up for yourself. Um, so I think a really, really important thing to not only take away from this episode, but from real life, because we just be talking about Star Wars, um, is think for yourself. Uh, and then don't be afraid to think for yourself. And then find other people, because there are other people that think like you. Even if, even if it's just enough that think like you or uh, they think like you on every single bullet point that you like, you know? Um, finding that and then thriving in that, learning from it, and then changing things that will help you and others is very important. I am stepping off the soapbox. <laughs> and um, don't be afraid to find friends and people of uh, a different mind as well. Yes, to yeah. To be challenged because... One way is not always the right way. Yes, and um, let's let's remember that opinions amongst friends can differ. Mm-hmm. Human rights okay. cannot. Yes. We just don't. Mm. <laughs> anyway, Star Wars. Uh, <laughs> um, so we. This, again, this is where we see them move the story forward. So they are all three together in class. They kind of hear what Ahsoka's saying, but they're not necessarily... Or they are, like, they're really digesting it to the point where they want to start doing something about it, like, right now. And then they uh, kind of see this corruption happening in front of them. They see this, like, cloaked figure and these weird smuggler guys, which I don't remember their species either, but we see them all the time. Um, the ones with, like, the spiky things. Oh, the goats? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't remember, remember what their species, but yeah. Um, and then unmarked Mandalorian police. <clears throat> uh, <laughs> so they're spying on them, and they like have this like pad that like an iPad basically, where they're trying to record. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of get this information. We see this hooded figure, and we see him point, and I. I know it's supposed to be obvious, but I get so annoyed with how obvious it is. <laughs> Who is it, Danny? It's Almec. Oh my god. Never would have guessed. Prime Minister Almec. Oh my goodness. So. Would have got away with it too. The one of those measly, pesky kids. Yeah, and their iPad. <laughs> and their um, iPad. And their iPad. Um, Darn technology. Yeah, really. So, Prime Minister kind of sets them up but not really, like, they kind of fall into this trap themselves, um, which leads to the conversation that I just mentioned with Ahsoka. Um, they basically, like, tell her what happened, and then, um, she tells them to slow down, and they're like, we don't want to, and then, um, they, do they, they tell the Duchess first? I'm 
not sure. I think they they can't tell her or something happens, yeah. so then that's why they tell the prime minister. But it's just a trap. He arrests them. They're, like, in this tiny cell together. And then the Duchess also gets arrested. Mm-hmm. I don't remember really what for. I don't remember how they justified that. I don't know. So <laughs> they arrest her, too. And, um... I don't necessarily know if she's been, like, tortured, but basically, like, when Ahsoka finds her and releases her, she, like, falls out of her cell. (laughs) So, she seems very, like, distraught. Um, And Ahsoka, like, tells the kids first, like, just wait for me. Um, We'll get there. And then Ahsoka kind of gets captured, too. (laughs) Um, She at least gets, like, stunned, I believe. Um, And it's just a trap for her. And then eventually, obviously, we be living in Star Wars, so the good side wins. Of course. <laughs> of course. Um, I am skipping over some details, obviously. Um, <laughs> but basically, when push comes to shove, the truth comes out. Um, and I don't, this is something that I don't remember, if um, the prime minister himself gets quote-unquote arrested at the end. He does. Okay. I was like, I think so. It wouldn't make any sense if he didn't. Um, but basically. We haven't. We haven't. Uh, arrived at the mall arc yet, have we? No, not okay. yet. Then I won't say what I was going to say. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. But yes, uh, Prime Minister Almec is stripped of his Prime Ministerhood. Yes, and, I do uh, remember that. thrown in jail. Yeah. yeah, so he's sitting in jail um, mm-hmm. at this point um, because good Trump's evil. And uh, I think that it is not only like a really good lesson for the kids because now they've not only learned it but they've experienced it <laughs> um how do you this is more not necessarily a theory question but more of a feelings question how do you think Satine leaves this situation like how do you think she moves forward with her governing based on this situation stronger and more careful uh at the same time because she doesn't she doesn't strike me as somebody who who makes soft steps I guess is the best way that I can say it. Mm-hmm. Um, she's more lioness kind of type. Like you mess with my pride, I'm gonna tear you up. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> Whereas Padme's like, well, I'm gonna, I'll find a way to ruin you. However, it's gonna be the official way. Ah, uh, yes. No, <laughs> and yeah. There will be a, and there will be an audience. That is a wonderful <laughs> way of putting that. Yeah, for sure. Satine, I feel like she's she's gonna be more straight to the point. And more, all right, I know how this happened, and it will not happen again. And I feel like she could be the one to guarantee that Yeah. Uh, over anybody. Absolutely. So that's really it. That's episodes five and six. We just kind of spent some time on Mandalore and in some politics and um, corruption, if you will. Uh, it was definitely fun. It's definitely educational and interesting. Um, I really love seeing this in an adult mindset. I didn't watch Clone Wars when I was a kid. I didn't watch it until a few years ago. Really, like, two years ago, I don't think. Um, so re-watching it now is really important to me. Um, and having these discussions is really fun. Because even if it's a simple question as to, like, how do you think she felt? <laughs> I just, like, feel more connected to these characters. And I hope that that's how you all are feeling as well. Absolutely. Um, Danny, do you have any messages for the people? Uh, the only thing I, I would say, and, and this kind of helped me uh, find a, a deeper love of Star Wars, is, is don't be afraid to, to learn from it. Yes, it's a children's cartoon. Yes, you can enjoy it as a children's cartoon. But at the same time, there are lessons in there that when you watch it, you're going to go, wait a minute, that looks familiar. Mm-hmm. And that's the purpose. That's the whole point is for you to learn enjoy it yes because star wars is for everyone there's a reason star wars is for everyone and don't be afraid to look to learn from it Mm -hmm. um in in your in your real life yeah i mean we really dig (laughs) in these podcast episodes you know like but that's the point like what else are we talking about you know if we're just talking about surface level stuff we're like this happens and this happens and then the movie's over you know right (laughs) the digging is the point and the fun um, well, thank you for that, Danny. Uh, you want to tell the people where they can find us? 
Of course. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at Kessel Weekly. Uh, we also stream weekly on Twitch. Uh, we're getting back into the swing of things, so twitch.tv slash Weekly. If you just hit that follow bell, it'll let you know anytime we go live. We play video games most of the time, but sometimes we sneak in a really awesome show. So uh, definitely uh, follow us there, uh, so that way you can get uh, all, uh, all the cool stuff that we have and everything. Yeah. Um, and Cheyenne, where can they find you? They can find me at cjerica on Instagram, cjerica95 on Twitter, and uh, you can read my blog at thekyvercrystal with two L's dot wordpress.com. I have not posted on there in a while, but I do have a lot of old content on there, so I would appreciate a read and a like of those things. Um, please share those articles with your friends, and then when I have time slash when I am not as busy in school and work, I will post on, the blo- on my blog. Um, <clears throat> I will say keep an eye on the YouTube um, channel for an upcoming special episode with lots of cool guests. Um, hopefully mid-August. I don't want to guarantee a date. Um, but I do want to tell you guys to keep an eye out for that. Also, YouTube's a really good place to just, like, if you need to, like, throw it on the TV to listen to our podcast. It's a good spot to do that. Um, I think that's it. Thank you so much, Danny, for being here. Thank you all so much for listening. And once again, may the force be with you. Always.